You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. football program every Saturday morning 10 to 12 you've got myself Penny Tanner-Hoth Don Evans and Miranda Templeman in the studio good morning all morning morning Pen morning Miranda lovely day out there it is a lovely day as always I've got my back to it and you guys get to appreciate it for the next couple of hours yes we'll enjoy those lovely moments of blue sky and some fleeting cloud and a mild day rather than the hot terrible horrid day it is like we've been having it's going to be great this weekend yep Awesome for getting out and watching whatever football is out there. Started off nicely last night too, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Hey, hey, the boys came out and turned it right on and uh, it, it was just so good to see uh, young D'Agostino continue on his great form. I mean, what a pick-up, you know. He's just slotted in and he, he adds so much energy to that team. And, uh, I mean, we've, we're missing Castro, but when you've got a replacement like that young fella, he, uh, for me, last night he was man of the match and... That goal by Fornarola, I mean, you'd, you'd pay just to go see that goal. What a, what a cracker. Firing on all cylinders. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. I like, what I like about uh, Dagostino is, or Daggers, as he's affectionately Dang. become known. <laughs> the Dagger. Is that he looks very casual about things. It's very, um, hang on, who was their Australian striker? He was very similar. Faduka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, similar style to him, I reckon. Yep, different different stature. Mark was that big boy. And, and he actually, for a small guy, Daggers plays like a tall guy. He actually goes in and commands mm-hmm. respect when he's charging at the ball or, you know, going in for a header. He, you know, op- opposition uh, defenders just, you know, looking over their shoulder going, here comes that, that guy again, just throws himself in. He's great. Breath of fresh air. We love it. Shed loves it. And... Mm. Um, 
Pete's got a man crush on him. Sorry, Pete. Just... <laughs> He's going to pay me back big time for that. <laughs> on the show today, our guests are Peter Simcox from Football WA, Steve Nelkoski from Kingsway Olympic, Murray Glover from the Women's Masters setup, uh, Daniel Garb from Fox Sports, and Daniel is a Perth boy. I'm sure he'll tell us about that if we prompt him along. He's, he's not been in Perth. I mean, I can't remember him with any links to Perth with anything that he's done. He, he, does he, he played, he he played here football or? here, you know, in the younger days. I think he was a young Maccabee uh, player, but um, we'll, we'll get it firsthand from uh, Garby because he's been well, uh, well-travelled. well He uh, had that great uh, period where he was uh, representing Fox in the UK in the Premier League when they were, uh, you know, broadcasting it. And yep. uh, he's just, you know... He just knows so much about the game, and he's um, he's a great great local lad. So pretty proud of him. And DT Thirty Eight Foundation ambassador. So he, he you know he helps out with the charities as well. He's a good boy. Very good. Uh, we will give our thanks to everybody that supports us. Thank you for listening in. You can hop on to the um, live on air tab on the RadioFremantle.com website, and the show's archive at the moment every week. And um, Miranda's dad is helping us put up a podcast. That'll happen eventually. These things don't happen in a flash. I'm sure they would if you had all the information, but... (laughs) 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 You work fast, your dad. (laughs) Pen, you you attended uh, a solemn uh, occasion yesterday for for the passing of a a real icon of the southwest football region. Um, Very sombre. How was it down there in Bunbury? Uh, It wasn't very sombre at all, actually. It was a celebration. It it was pretty good. There was was tears, but... um, especially most females, it happens. <laughs> but um, there was a, a good turnout from the local clubs, um, Dynamos, Hay Park, South West Phoenix. And, you know, Ron was an out-and-out football man down that way. He yeah. documented, recorded and collected uh, so much stuff. Like, he was always around the football park. I, I don't know how he fitted any family time in that man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just got all this information in his head and... I reckon his house must have, like, this museum to football in it somewhere, yeah. I reckon. And there's not too many people around in football that I can think of like that. And I was having a chat to mm. other people at the um, funeral yesterday and, mm. and they're shaking their head going, I don't know who's going to be doing that stuff now. Well, for me, he was like the, uh, the country version of Barry Greenwood. Um, you know, old Barry when he was in the Federation here and doing helping out with state teams and just the memorabilia, the, the you know, just stuff that he had, had collected about the history of our game and um, and big, big occasions and no doubt, you know, Ron was um, the doyen for the South West in, in that same respect and, um, yeah, it'll be sad not to be uh, talking to him on the air anymore, Penn, but I'm sure he'll be up there uh, watching from above and enjoying the football in uh, football heaven. Yep, I reckon at some point all those things that he's documented, he, and he wrote several books too, mm. um, that uh, he was videotaping every, everything though. People would come up to me and uh, we'd have the conversation about he'd be videotaping like every piece of football that was out there and I'm thinking, that's a lot of football, like, uh, you know, the young ones and the, the ladies and, and everything. So he's got documents, like like visual documents of things and at some point, you know, there might be another... Um, uh, you know, a handful of players come out of the six and seven and eight year olds that in fifteen and years time play for Australia. Another and Josh Risen, yeah, you know, and that's that, that's the beauty of having someone like that. And I talk about it like my my dad used to do the same for our family. He was known as the cameraman. He'd just be at at special events when you know the kids were playing the first game of t ball, the first, and and then now the, our kids are all grown up. 
those those uh, CDs or DVDs that he did, or well, they were on tape in those days. Yeah. So he they got transferred along the way. So now, yeah. so he's got a biography of each kid, and now they're all grown up adults. They're going, how priceless is this? Yeah, and that's what it is. The stuff that people like Ron do, does or do is is it's a treasure. Yep. For the future generations. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, with the um, football museum coming into fruition. Uh, the ideas and funding rolling along for that, there'll be a place to house all of that stuff, uh, you know, in the next, I don't know, three or four or five years. Mm. We'll just keep talking about that till it happens. Mm. That's mm. it. It's up to the powers that be and the governments that make the promises. <laughs> Pull your finger out and build our home, please. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure the, the Hall of Fame Museum or a museum will be aligned with um, a football home not sure about that it'd be great if it was i mean that's the Mm. the perfect ideal situation got to give a few thanks to people that have partnered up with us of course you can become a member of the station by just uh, ringing the station during the week on 94942100 and um, you can uh, join up with uh, some of our partners such as perth glory um you listen in for tickets to the games thank you to the media department there at perth glory they're awesome in helping us out with um guests and Tickets, West Coast Futsal, you'll hear Greg Farrell come on from time to time chatting about the Super League and other competitions, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for customised gates and automation and gate and fence hardware for all the bits and pieces to build and lock up gates and fences. We are going to go to a break and we are going to come back and chat more football with, um, I nearly said Pete Sekela, Pete Simcox from footballwa.net. This is the team on the World Football Programme. Back shortly. 107.9 FM, your local station. 1972, under a scorching June sun, in the French coastal town of Marseille, two Algerian immigrants awaited the birth of their fifth child. Later that day, a star was born. We are proud to be the longest running football show on radio in Australia. Call it soccer, call it football. Myself, Peter Skeeler, Penny Tanner, Sean Kelly, Don Evans and Derek Pollock are the voices in your world football team, sharing the news across WA, Australia and the world for the one and only world game, the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. Everybody has goals. Whether it's learning a new skill or passing on knowledge, making new friends, is it finding a career path or reaching your full potential? Chase your goals. See where football can take you. Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn, Don and Miranda in the studio talking local football with Peter Simcox from Football WA. Good morning, Pete. Morning, guys. How are you? Real well, Pete, and uh, I'm sure you're a happy chappy after last night's big win by the glory and uh, your Rams doing so well at the moment. Um, you, you'd have a smile from ear to ear. 
I'm just chasing around touching wood somewhere. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, a good win last night, but when he got back to three two, a few nervous moments, but uh, it was. yeah, a good three point. Yeah, it was one of those games that um, Wellington, you know, they never said die. Uh, they, they were at us and they were copping yellow card after yellow card and it was inevitable that someone was going to get sent off, but it was pretty soft, that send-off, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, clipped the back of his ankle, but yeah, a bit yeah. soft, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a, good, a good tribute for the glory as well. They all wore black armbands. Uh, one of the uh, academy parents passed away in midweek and it was nice for the club to uh, show a bit of support for them. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely uh, condolences to that that family. And uh, but yeah, well done to Glory on uh, paying tribute. But um, uh, otherwise, Pete, it's night series time, and it's all happening out there for uh, the uh, state league NPL and uh, sorry, the NPL and the state league. And um, yeah, what's your thoughts in this early stage? Uh, how, how's it shaping up? I mean, Perth Soccer Club again flexing their muscle, and seems like Florida Athena um, enjoy the uh, night series specialist tag. So they they bounce bounced out with a big win against Bayswater last week, which was pretty much a surprise, I think. Yeah, and like you said, the first of flexing the muscles again, they, they lost a few players over to the east, but uh, obviously Ramon has uh, brought some players in to fill the gaps, and a 9-1 win is really a real good win against Rockingham. Yeah, Florida, you know, they've, they've gone back-to-back in the night series, so a 3 all against Bayswater, who also been playing well, so uh, Dino picking up a double there, so that's nice to Dean. Yeah. And also in, in Paul won uh, Kenny Logo's first win as a ECU general coach, a 1-0 against Coburn. Mm, yeah, very uh, d- uh, typical uh, Kenny Lowe, uh, let's call it a nice, dour, you know, tight defence. And uh, and for ECU general up, uh, it's uh, Kenny and his old mate Ante Kovacevic going head-to-head in the big clash at uh, ND Litter Stadium tonight. That that promises to be uh, a, a decent game. I, I, don't, I don't think uh, Floriot can be called favourites, even though they're at, they're at home, because ECU have definitely got something uh, new about them this year. Yeah, they've also had the water over Florida the last few games at mm. Florida, so uh, it's been interesting, uh, a late game tonight. So, yeah, it be interesting, but uh, the one I'm looking forward to is uh, Rockingham against Bayswater, or Rockingham going to bounce back from last week's uh, shellacking. Uh, I hope they do, it'll be a good game. Yeah, look, I think when that result was posted up, everyone all of a sudden uh, had uh, Rockingham City as uh, relegation favourites. If you know, if it's this early in the year, copying a nine-one smacking after doing so well last year, um, and that's the last thing you want to see a, a club in a region like Rockingham, you know, come back into the big league and then uh, head back down. Uh, do you think they've uh, they've basically um, picked up the players that they need to to replace what they lost, and and obviously with Cameron Lord. Uh, no longer there. There's there's some big shoes to fill. Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, really, because uh, sort of they they, uh, they held Florida, they were beating Florida one 0 going into stoppage time in the first round, and uh, obviously Florida scored two late goals to win two one. But yeah, a lot of players have left Rockingham to, to follow Cameron to uh, three months or so. Um, I think it's going to be a hard season for them this year. Yeah, and uh, out of the other teams, um, you know, the the Balcato uh, started uh, very well. They've they've uh, hit their straps with a couple of handy wins, and you know, Goran seems to have assembled a, a pretty decent squad there. So uh, Balcato in in amongst the mix for the uh, night series um, finals. Yeah, another team that's obviously gone into the transfer market and bought a few players, a bit like Wallop. Wallop was sort of over overhauled their squad as well for the first time in the in the competition. So. Yeah, both them teams look good, and uh, now they'll be in action tonight. Uh, uh, up taking on Belcatter, so it should be a good game. That's the door reserve, 7 o'clock tonight. 
Yeah, and the the other game down there at Percy Doyle will be uh, Sorrento and Armdale, uh, both teams really yet to hit their straps. Um, probably just uh, feeling it out and seeing seeing what they've got for and treating the night series more as a tester of uh, squad. Uh, new squad members and squad depth. Uh, they, they, yeah. Uh, how do you see? Yeah, spoke, spoke to the coaches in midweek, and like I said, Jamie and uh, John O'Reilly both said the same. They're, they're they're all preparing for the start of the season, yeah. and uh, obviously, probably their first or second hit out of the season. So uh, they'll get better. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, Gwillup, Gwillup's a team to watch this year. Uh, obviously, with all the great signings, uh, a stable coach with Tacky, uh, you know, uh, holding the reins there, and uh, an amb- ambitious uh, committee or a, a group of people led by Yuri uh, Denner who puts his heart and soul into the club. Um, they'll be the team to watch, I think, this year. Penn, there's um, definitely, um, a, you know, this. Let's call it a little bit of Man- Manchester United about him, a bit of razzmatazz. So yeah. I'm just admiring. All of the names that you're throwing into the competition, uh, into the conversation here, and thinking, how do you, how do you get across all of that in one like round of football or two rounds of football? It's just, it's, a, it's the characters that are in our game that we all know, Pete. And we, we pretty much know these guys as uh, they're almost like family members, aren't they, Peter? Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I'm quite, quite good to have a lot of uh, good communication with the coaches and players in yeah. the competition. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It should be an exciting season this year in the NPL. Can, just for our listeners, um, Pete, can you just uh, go across the tables that are sitting at the moment? What are, in, are we into the third round of the NPL? Third round of yep. the uh, night series. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. That, that's, yeah, that's the third round of the night series, that's right, yeah. How's, um, do you have a table there, Don? Yeah, I'll just get the tables up for the night series. Good, they clicking but, away uh, very quickly there. Uh, no, it's a because bit... the women's night series starts tomorrow night at Dorian Gardens and at Curtin University. Perth have got a women's team. They haven't had a women's team in the top flight for a while. You're going to be following the women's night series, Pete? Yeah, you have to get time to go down. Obviously, the the NPL's on, and I uh, have to get a pass out from the wife. So <laughs> <laughs> you got to prioritise yeah, things. Yeah, obviously, in the NPL, Perth top of the league with, uh, with six points, followed by Florida, Bayswater, Jimlock, Coburn City, and Rocking back in pool one, and in pool two. You'll find uh, Belcatta with six points, Inglewood four, Gwellop four, and then Sorrento, Perth Glory, and Armadale sitting on the bottom. That's in pool two. And the grand final is going to be the double header with the women's. What date is that on? I don't have that in front of me. Do you know? It'd be three in three weeks' time? Four weeks' time, it'd have to be, because there's three rounds of the women's competition. I think, is that right, Miranda? Yeah, I believe it's 7th of March, if I have that right. Yeah, that's not yeah. that far away. No, it's pretty mm. We're full on pre season. Do we know where that grand final is? Uh, the venue? No, not sure at the moment. I know the women's games are split between Dorian Gardens and Curtin, Curtin. Uni. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be at Dorian Gardens. Seems like a perfect place to have a grand final. Do you know, Pete, where the grand final of the guys is going to be played? Because if you know that, then that answers no. my question. No, no, they usually, sure, yeah. yeah, they don't release that till you know, it, it gets closer to finals time, I okay. think. Yeah, I believe so. it's decided to the top of the highest position in the league to they sort of host it so mm. well, that, well that could be interesting mm, f- from the women's point of view i mean mm. 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 okay all right um, looking at the state, state, yes, league, the uh, state league a few a few well, not surprises a, a few teams played that players ineligible so uh, there's four games in reverse yeah and, in the first now that's that's a controversy pete how, how does that happen in this modern day when you know we've got not sure 
It's, uh, and the club, the clubs are getting fined five hundred dollars a piece for this, call it mm-hmm. administrative error, and so that's about. I think that's what it is. Yeah, so hang on, ba- back back up a bit in the conversation. What happened? There was four teams: Gosnells, Hospital, Queens, and General City, all fielded an eligible player in the games in the first round of last series, and uh, all the results have been uh, overturned. And so so ineligible due to cards received last year. Is that correct, Pete? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know that um, obviously which players have gone to different clubs, and uh, obviously no one's checked. <laughs> The red card or suspension. Right. Yeah. I mean, this this is where it sort of grates at me that you know at the end of a season, and we do have lots of player movement. Surely, there's uh, all clubs should be given a list by our administration at Football West saying these players all have so many cards. Please be aware. So it's really you know a buyer beware. If you're going to buy this product over here, mm. he's got he's got one game that he's got to miss out or he's carrying three game suspension from last year so you know for, for me I know clubs need to do their own due diligence but it does help when your governing body has that list available and it's there yeah. it's, it's actually on file so what you're saying is in the preceding season mm. your suspensions and disciplinary actions all mount up so this would go for the women's um, yeah. night series yeah. as well yeah. yep so just a bit of buyer beware out there for the women's clubs. Correct. Just uh, make sure that whoever you've got playing... Check that they are eligible before you're yeah, playing. Yeah, and also, if, if the, uh, the list on Football West website has not been updated, uh, obviously the players aren't on there, still check. Far well, out. Well, uh, Pete, if, if I was a president and my player wasn't on that list, I would refuse to pay the $500 fine because for me that's... Um, False in, advertising? In, no, it's incompetence. Mm-hmm. Whoever's doing that job needs to be up to speed with it. So, you know, for me, it's like, hey, let's let's get things right so that we... Because punishing clubs with fines is not the way to progress our game. I, 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 you know, it's hard enough for a club to find $500 out of a sponsor, let alone pay for one little administrative so, error. So, unless in the, t- in the fine print, in the terms and conditions, they say when you sign up for the night series, you need to make sure your players are eligible. So it's yeah. all thrown back at the clubs. Well, no, I'm just I'm just yeah. being devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. That's what Football West are, yeah. you know, probably going to say, regardless of what they advertise as the eligible or non-eligible players. Yep. Uh, well, again, you know, next time young Alex Novatis is on the show, it'll be a good question to fire away at, at, at him. So, mm. so for next year, this doesn't happen because uh, nobody likes to see these sorts of things happen because it's it's detrimental to, you know, uh, it's unhealthy for clubs. Mm. I know. know last year the um in the women's league there was. Uh, an administrative error for yes. uh, Queen's Park yes. where they were fined, I think it was $1,000 and six points in the league which ended up costing them the it league did. title yeah. yep. Yep. to Redbacks. Yep. Yep. And that's that's not football. <laughs> that's you know for me that, that that sort of takes away the gloss of Queens Park having a great year. It's yeah. just killed them, you know. So yeah. we got to look after our clubs a little bit better than that. But um that aside, Pete, um, in the state league, who do you think out, out of all the, uh, the the boys that are sh- flexing their muscles early? Who do you think is going to be the, uh, the the finalists in this early stage? Yeah, to me, Fremantle look good. Cameron Lord's gone in there, and uh, uh, Fremantle a very ambitious club, and um, they've brought a, a lot of new players and five nil in the opening game until the shows that. Rod Bandyak's back in the game, which is great to see. He isn't uh, Diana White Eagles? We're beaten five four. At Ashfield, but obviously they they won a 3 nil after the result was overturned. 
and Tinsley Westside in their first uh, game in the State League. Um, Steve uh, Dimmer, his side won 4-3 out Forestfield, who were the current holders, so a good win for them. And then yeah, Western Knights, they're, they're obviously still in there, and they yeah. won 3-0 against Kelmscott. Yeah. And uh, Canning City, who got a reprieve this year, they were relegated to the uh, Amateur League, but they, they managed to stay up, and they got a good 1-1 draw at uh, Olympic Kingsway in, in Chris uh, Finlayson's first game as coach. Hmm. It, um, it's going to be an interesting league, that state league, with uh, my, my old friends at Sterling uh, being in there and ha- wanting to get back up in the NPL. And then you've got the Western Knights who have been hard at it for many years, um, you know, wanting to get themselves out of there. And then you've got the ambitious Fremantle. And, uh, um, you know, it, it's just a real, real tough, gr- uh, tough division to... Uh, to uh, finish on top of and Fremantle as you say very very ambitious and um, you know with Cameron there they'd, they'd be favourites to be in the top four as well so uh, yeah, yeah sure. see what, uh, Rob uh, Molesky back at Macedonia Park for Sterling uh, obviously he won the you know, he did very well on his first time at, at Sterling yep and uh, also um, Brad Hassel he's back in the game at he's a case at the uh, Echo this year so Brad is former okay former player yeah, so uh, good stuff uh, yeah, so it's good to get these players back into the game. Yep, all good characters and all, uh, you know, have, have their moments of being heroes out on the f- sporting field. So great to see them passing the message on now. Hmm. Pete, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Uh, appreciate, no problem. Appreciate your time. And just for our listeners out there, um, Football WA uh, website is the local place to go for your match reports and information. Well, obviously, Jack, Brett and Jacob have done a great job doing all the archives, and uh, me and Brett now just put the articles on, and uh, hopefully, everyone enjoys the read. No, it's fantastic the service you provide, Pete. Uh, I know all the people, football people look at that as the uh, the bible for uh, football news. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks, che- Pete. Cheers, Pete. Have a great weekend. Yeah, all the best. Bye. Bye, Bye mate. That was Pete Simcox from Football WA, match reporter, journalist. Photographer does it all. He's uh, he helps clubs out with their programs, helps clubs out with their websites. So he's de- definitely a uh, a big contributor. So have you got some fixtures up there to give our listeners what matches are coming up over the weekend on? Yeah, sure. I'll uh, go through tonight's uh, men's state uh, NPL fixtures to start with. Once this computer, which is a little bit. Slow like me, decides to wake up. Hello. Here we go. All right. So uh, tonight it's um, Perth Perth, uh, and Perth Glory are also playing tonight. Let's go. Yeah, here we are. Perth Soccer Club playing Coburn City at uh, Dalmatnack Park. That's a 5pm kickoff, which should be a great game with Ramon Fowles on there and uh, Scotty Miller, two coaches, uh, well respect and... Um, and then you've got uh, the following game, or the other games are Florida Athena taking on ECU Joondalup at Litter Stadium, um, Rockingham at, taking on Bayswater City at Dalmatnack Park in the late game, and um, and then we also have the uh, boys at Sorrento playing Armadale at Percy Doyle. That's uh, and then Perth Glory taking on Inglewood United. Uh, at 5pm this afternoon so yeah some good games Quellop Croatia taking on Balcata at 7 o'clock down at Percy Doyle so three three great venues you know Dalmatnak Park Florid, uh, at Litter Stadium and uh, and then uh, the other one down at um, Percy Doyle Reserve just 
perfect time of the day, five o'clock kickoff. Get out there, go and enjoy those games. There's uh, plenty, plenty of uh, good talent uh, on show, and then the state league. Um, that's there's games all over the place here, uh, where you've got Quinns and Fremantle City playing at uh, Little Stadium on Sunday afternoon at five p.m., and then Morley Windmills taking on Shamrock Rovers in the later game at seven p.m. Um, the in Group B, the games uh, tonight at Kingsway Reserve, Subi and Ashfield meet at five p.m. Uh, and the later game there is uh, where are we? K- Kingsley taking on Kingsley taking on uh, Forestfield United. Yes, there's venues all around the shop there. Mm. Oh, sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, it's actually. They take on Balga, so Kingsley taking on Balga tonight at 5pm at Kingsway Reserve. That whole area, that complex, and we'll be talking to Stevie Nelkowski later, but just so much is going on in that neck of the woods. I mean, the council spent so much money improving all sporting, um, uh, call it, uh, developments in that area, and football's getting its slice of the cake, which is great. And like you said, shopping centres and, you know, it's it's a, a bit of a hub down there. Definitely a bit of a hub. Um, yeah, so Balga, Balga uh, under new coach Bobby Tineski, uh, Alex Viteski, our uh, local legendary goalkeeper who we all love. Uh, Alex headed off to uh, Queensland to start a new job, so uh, unfortunately we'll miss his... Uh, his big personality here in Perth, but the, the uh, job being non-soccer related. No, that's uh, that's his um, in the cleaning industry that he's in. He's the, the head honcho. He basically got headhunted, so yep. he's he's gone over there to further his career. Um, and I'm sure he'll come back uh, one day with um, you know a, a big family. He's got a little boy who's uh, just a spinning image of Alex at the moment, and uh, I can see him being a keeper of the future. <laughs> <laughs> he'll bring him back here. Um, yeah, and then uh, we've also got. Uh, uh, UWA taking on Forestfield uh, down at Hartfield Park this afternoon at 5pm. That'll be a cracking game because I know Normo will want to bounce back after after losing last weekend and UWA Netherlands have definitely hit um, hit their straps nice and early with a big 6-1 win against Balga the previous week. Don, besides yeah. the information that we're talking about here, is mm. have you seen any other promotion of the night series out there in um, regular media, like community media? Not really, um, apart from, you know, the Football West website and uh, no, it just ha- hasn't... Um, I haven't heard anything on radio. I haven't seen anything in uh, newspapers. I'm just trying to think, you know, where I normally see stuff. I don't see stuff. No, it's not not, it. not really there. So no. I think, again, you know, when, when uh, we bring young Alex on, it'll be good to get some feedback on, you know, how they plan to get the word out there, you yeah. know. I mean, social media is one thing, but we really do need a bit more than that. You know, we've got papers out there, we've got um, TV stations. There's billboards know. even. Bill I remember boards, a couple yeah. of years back on the outside of uh, Garrett Road where Bayswater City play, there was a great big billboard that had Sam Kerr and I think it was when she went over there for those new soccer boots with Ronaldo and Messi or whatever and just huge billboard and you drive past in the bus and yep. it's like, whoa, there's Sam Kerr, yeah. Matilda's a female <laughs> footballer. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we need. Yeah. We need God, in, yes. in your face. Yes, we do. Let's so, yeah, I'll just finish off. Yep. Uh, quickly, Group E, Canning City taking on Gosnell City at Harfield Park. Uh, Olympic uh, Kingsway are taking on who have Olympic got? Uh, well, we'll find out later when uh, Stevie comes on. We've got Swan United taking on Mum, Murdoch Uni. Um, oh, sorry, get that right. 
Swan bouncing back. To, uh, to, they played Mum last They're playing round. Sterling Lions, so they got done by Mum last uh, last week. That's fine. I'm happy with that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, Curtin taking on who Curtin got. Uh, uh, where are we? Yeah, it's all over the place, unfortunately. Um, Is that off the Football West side? No, or? I'm just going off the report here. I, I haven't got the. I couldn't get into the Football West website. This silly computer said no, not going there. It should be up on the homepage. It should be up on the homepage and just a link to Women's Night Series, just State nice, League Night Series, nice, NPL Night Series. Just make it simple for us. Yeah. You know, us old people, me old people. Yeah. So if you go, <laughs> that wasn't an agreement that you're old, just to make it simple bit. Yep. Um, yeah. If you go to footballwa.net, you can have a look at all the match reports and and previews for games that are coming up. And then on the footballwest.com.au website, <clears throat> pretty sure down somewhere down below on the page, there's um, the links to the – or the information about the NPL series. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a jungle to get into some things on the Football West site. Maybe there's something there that – I don't know. Anyway. It's a bit easier. Yeah. yeah. Are, we good, are we good to go to break? Let's go. Okay, let's do it. Uh, this is uh, Penn – and Don and Miranda, we're talking football and we're going to be back talking to Steve Nielkoski from Kingsway Olympic very shortly. Back soon. 107.9 FM, your local station. 1972, under a scorching June sun in the French coastal town of Marseille, two Algerian immigrants awaited the birth of their fifth child. Later that day, a star was born. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Call it soccer, call it football. Myself, Peter Skeeler, Penny Tanner, Sean Kelly, Don Evans and Derek Pollock are the voices in your world football team, sharing the news across WA, Australia and the world for the one and only World Game, the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. A slower version of the World Game is starting up as part of a program to get seniors out and about. It's already proved popular in the UK and it's hoped an Australian league won't be far off. It's called walking football, soccer made just for seniors and it's become so popular in the UK it has its own World Cup. Oh, or does it actually get the heart rate up at all? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's harder than it looks. It's everything about football. You've got to learn those skills and, and just not run. That's the only thing. We're looking forward to a league match kind of thing. Yeah. Bit of competition? Uh, oh, yes. No doubt. Only a quarter of Aussies aged over 65 get the daily recommendation of 30 minutes exercise. The federal government's hoping to get more seniors up and about, so it's teamed up with the Football Federation and Perth Glory to get veteran players back on the pitch. I think we're going to really give it a, a big crack uh, through our social media. We're going to reach 70,000 people in WA straight away. 
The number of Australians over 65 is expected to double in the next 40 years, which means even more pressure on the health system. So getting seniors into sport means everyone will be kicking goals. If we can get more people over 65 back into their local clubs, participating in sport, uh, we know we're going to see positive benefits to the health budget both mental health and physical health. And with walking football's modified rules, being too old is no longer an excuse. I know we had an 88-year-old nonna uh, playing in our pilot program in Belmont. Uh, I know because I missed the ball and she got the ball. So, <laughs> Belinda Wilkinson for 10 News First. Mm. Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn, Miranda and Don in the studio and Steve Nowakowski, the president of Kingsway Olympic. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Sam. I'm fantastic. Yourselves? Oh, I'm great. Tell us about what's happening down there at the club today. Well, Sam, I've just been nutmegged by an 11-year-old young Caden has nutmegged me from a mile away. But, uh, not the first we've time. Had a beautiful... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it won't be the last time. No, look, we've, we've, had a, uh, we've had a soccer clinic down this morning uh, alongside the markets and uh, Stan Lazaridis. Um, has come down to conduct the uh, conduct the clinic, and he's king of the kids at the moment. He's just swamped by uh, few kids. He's signing boots, tops, shirts, caps. Um, just been wonderful. Tell, so, tell, tell, Stan, uh, tell Stanley, Steve, that um, on, on the West Ham uh, Facebook site, they are replaying that, uh, a huh. goal of his from 22 years ago that he struck uh, and went top corner from about 40 uh, yards out. So tell Stanley if he wants to relive that great moment. The <laughs> West Ham Football Club got that out on Facebook. It's, it, it was a cracker. Yeah, it's, it was just ama- it was amazing seeing the reaction of the, of, of the children today. Um, it's, it's like Stan still playing in the Premier League. Um, <laughs> naturally, he's always yeah, a super fit, fit athlete, but he's just been wonderful in conducting the two-hour session and um, the interaction he's had with the children. Um, we called him at the start of the week. We said, Stan, could you come down and uh, run a clinic for us on Saturday alongside the markets? And he said, absolutely. Um, and we weren't you know, really too sure how many children and parents would turn up but the... Uh, response we've had has just been overwhelming it's been wonderful and uh it, it's, it's been it's been a great morning so uh yeah we can't thank stan enough well you've got enough a brilliant, down brilliant day for it just, yeah, yeah day. gorgeous yeah and not only that while we've had that he's been training and you know willie mcnally's back at the club this year a, a championship player from you know the late 70s early 80s yep. he's our goalkeeper coach and then i looked over at the coffee shack and sean kilkelly you know, one of sorrento's greats um who just continues to get better each year at 35 years old. <laughs> He's playing in the middle of the park at the moment alongside Clark Kelty. And, um, it's just great to see so many different faces from across um, the football landscape uh, that, that, that have come through Kingsway and been associated in, in some capacity over the, over the decade. Steve, just let our listeners know, re- refresh us about the markets and how that fits into the club there. Oh, how it fits into the club is you know, uh, Olympic Kingsway Sports Club's a community club. Um, so we've always... Wanted to make sure that whatever we do um, with the sports club, it you know, represents the community. Uh, so on Saturdays now we have community markets and they launched last May last year. Uh, so it's been going just under a year. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a farmer's community market. So you know, there's a whole heap of different stalls from you know, breakfast to fresh produce to uh, um, you know, different sorts of um, knick-knack stores as well. So it's, yeah got about 20 different stalls that come down each Saturday uh, from 7.30 to 11.30. 
Um, so yeah, really nice way to start the weekend. You can vouch. Um, you can vouch. You can vouch for the produce being super fresh there, Steve. When you got the Trandos family and the Dimitroviches, and you got all these people who who are the uh, pioneers of the market garden area down that way, um, yeah. all all chipping in and uh, and making it a great day. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, there's, there's, there's really good produce across the board from you know, vegetables to fruit, you know, to fresh meats, um, you know, honeys and things like that. So. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. It uh, it works well with the surrounds that we've got here in the uh, beautiful leafed areas, um, and with the construction now uh, complete in phase one, um, it, yeah, it connects really well with, with the club. So, um, what we'd like to do is, if like Stan and all other sports down here as well, um, alongside the markets, now continuing to inspire the next generation of children. So, um, it works really well for parents to come and. Yeah, you know, do do their shopping in the morning, and for the kids to to run around importantly and be involved in sport and uh, working collectively as a, as a team. Tell us a bit about uh, how the club's growing, Steve, because it's not just about men's football down at uh, Olympic Kingsway. There's uh, there's some uh, talk about some lovely ladies coming down and uh, helping lift the profile of the club. Yeah, we've we've had the Northern Redbacks down. Yeah, um, probably a lot, of, but they. Uh, uh, started training at the club last season in, in 2019, and um, we've, we've always had a long-term you know, view with uh, Tim and Tony from the Northern Redbacks. That you know, um, if there's going to be um, a connection there, we'd like to make sure it's you know, long-term and for both parties to to find out what the best uh, is. So, yeah, their senior teams trained here last season, and um, you know, this year that that ex- three senior teams now playing here, um, which is wonderful. Um, and it, again, it's an extension of what we want to stand for. You know, as a community club, we also added the Olympic Titans netball uh, team you know, back into the fold late last year, um, which gives us you know, another 15 netball sides. So, you now not only is it is it soccer, it's, it's female sports, and it's you know, a, a combination of sports, which is you know, what the club's title is. It's you know, the Olympic Kingsway Sports Club, uh, not just the soccer club. So, and that works well then. You know, with what we do recreationally as well with darts and also bingo um, and, and, and giving you know, the community a good cross-section of events to be part of. How much space is there for the club to, to grow? Mm. Um, I, I probably reckon that the whole you know, Kingsway Sporting Precinct is, is pretty unique and probably the, the best in the metropolitan area. Um, if, you, if you actually drive around, every club has its own uh, ground, so... Our Olympic Kingsway Sports Club's got our, our ovals. Um, our Wanneroo City Soccer have got theirs. The Cricket have got theirs. The Netball have got a great complex. The Wanneroo Giants Baseball Club have got a wonderful facility. Uh, the Wanneroo Rugby Club. Then you've also got um, the AFL footy. So there are heaps and heaps of fields um, around. Um, so we've we got, we got plenty of space. We've always got to utilise it well. Um, we think we're really fortunate. Um, we've got a great relationship with the City of Wanneroo. Uh, Mayor Tracy Roberts, CEO Daniel Sims, they uh, do a wonderful job, you know, standing on you know, the main pitch now and looking at it. I'd, I'd be surprised if there's a better surface in um, you know, the State League right now. Um, our fields are in wonderful nick. We get great support uh, from the city of Wanneroo. So, um, yeah, we've we got space to continue to grow um, and, and work collectively as a group and as a club. In, in that development Facility is there talk or is there plans to have a turf like an artificial turf? Yeah, there's a couple of things we're discussing at the moment. I guess in, in terms of stage two, um, you certainly get mixed results on, on the on the astro turf, and 
um, the upkeep of it and um, have, having the right surface uh, for our conditions. So we, we think there's probably scope maybe to have one field. Um, I think traditionally we'd like, to, we'd like to keep to the grass as much as possible. Um, but what the AstroTurf provides is giving you the ability to run a whole heap of things um, 12 months of the year. So um, it's something that's been discussed. There's, there's nothing you know, concrete about it at the moment, but I, I could certainly see us having at least one major field um, with AstroTurfs, hopefully in the near future. And the grandstand uh, is all but completed. Uh, my good mate Eamon from Trinity Meats tells me every time I go to get my good stuff from him, he gives me the update and he said he, he can't wait to uh, have some VIP chairs in there that he can sponsor <laughs> and, uh, and and make sure that he's got the best seats in the house. How's it coming along, Stevie? Yeah, well, Eamon's a great supporter of Kingsway, so he's one of, he's one of our junior coaches, um, exceptional character. Good man. Um, so generous with his support to, towards the sports club. Um, so, yeah, he, he's someone we value really, really highly in his great character. And another Liverpool man who's counting down those six wins to, you know, until <laughs> they win the, uh, the English Premier League. So there, there's a couple of little things still to be completed on, on, on the main um, grandstand, so we've still got the seats to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting these beautiful green seats coming in, so they're, they're still to be uh, in, inserted in there probably another two or three months still away. So it's not finished. And then we've got some other uh, projects, you know, connecting the new buildings uh, with, with, the, with the previous um, older structures um, and, and creating some other areas as well. So you know, by, by no means are we finished with what we'd like this uh, facility to look like. Um, and some upgrade on lighting I think is important. Um, how many, continuing how, to build, how many to build people? How many people can, can be seated in uh, the grandstand? Oh, the, the seating is about three hundred, Don. Yep. So, right. um, it, it, it's a comfortable space. There's, there's still plenty of space alongside mm-hmm. uh, the covered seating for pe- people to watch. But it now just connects all, all, all the buildings together. So, where we'll spread out quite a bit um, with the way the club operated, it's um, it's a lot more compact. So, it's uh, user friendly now. It, it's great. The change rooms are right next to the clubhouse and. Um, so in that respect, you know, the player facilities have improved. We've got the, a media room. We've got, you know, great physio rooms and referee rooms. And there's also the other structure down on soccer pitches two and three, which is a great facility for our, all our junior and, uh, masters and Sunday teams as well. So, um, we've been spoiled by the city of Wanneroo. Um, I'll continue to refer to them as, as, as a great, um, council to be involved with. So they see the vision. They, you know, continue to, to support. And see the bigger picture, and um, by, you know, through the investment, we can um, continue to provide the you know, uh, community uh, with great facilities for them to use. And that's the important thing. If you've got the facility, make sure you open it to everyone. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's and that's what we'd like to continue doing. So yeah, well, um, I, well, Steve, what I'm hearing you there say a lot is community, and mm. um, my club, which is Melville Murdoch, I think of us as a community club, but we're moving a lot into development, uh, elite streams, women's NPL, men's state league too, a lot yep. of academy and so on and so on. But we're, we're a, one, of the, one of the few largest football clubs in the Melville community. Mm. But my, my sense of community is different to what you're talking about with community. You're talking about all these different clubs involved, like different sports and, and groups involved at one place, having a market, having clinics and store. And that's an amazing sense of community, community for a club. I don't know that any other club could possibly have that, like, I don't know, persona or environment yeah. around it. Mm. I, thought that, that's what we, I think Kingsway's all, always been um, a great community club. I think the fabric of 
of, of Olympic Kingsway for 65 years, Don, and you'd certainly know this better than anyone, has, has always been very welcoming. Mm. Um, yep. and, you know, the major part of why we tweaked the logo uh, three years ago was you know, to make sure that the K was central to what we're doing. That, you know, we, we represent Kingsway um, and everything that, that, that surrounds us. But if, if you listen to, to councils and, and governments there, the, the messaging is pretty clear that there's just not enough green fields anymore for you know, clubs to, to have their own areas and if you if you don't connect as a community uh funding will be difficult so you know work together work collectively mm. um and add those layers and it makes it easier for councils to make yeah mm. um provide support as well so mm. you know we're, we're a growing city where we're a growing sport but um yeah for these numbers to be sustained mm. you, you need to offer more than just you know um a few soccer teams, so Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we and we and we want this to be a welcoming venue for, for everyone mm. across the board. So, um, and it's lovely to come down here to the markets and see uh, so many different nationalities, so many different people, and um, importantly for us, you know, if we can get you know the rugby team and the baseball team down here you know, in the coming weeks and providing a similar sort of clinic to what Stan just did, and that that that's fabulous as well. So, um, we've got the facility. We say let's use it. Yeah, um, being a multi-purpose sporting club and also a, a hub for community activity <coughs> gives that um, that whole centre uh, a, a life of its own, and it can be a twenty-four-seven operation, like like in the eastern states where we say we can't compete with the eastern states because they've got the leagues clubs and they've got revenue coming in from the restaurant, coming in from their pokies, coming in from all different avenues. Whereas what's yeah. happening at Kingsway now is um, you know they can do bingo nights they can do uh, uh, dance class nights they can do so the whole the, the place basically gets used for many many different things and you've got a lovely kitchen in there as well Stevie that cooks up a, a decent feed so that I, I see that, that that's the model that you guys are working with which is um, yeah. going to be a well, successful thing well you need revenue streams thing. don't you so you do. the club can't survive any other way yep. but importantly you know, creating that revenue you put it back into the facility so yep. again uh, our members have provided, you know, um, great support to all the extensions that have happened. So, um, you know, when when this was built uh, back in the seventies, it was you know the members' money that initially built the uh, the complex. And again, we've added to the you know the redevelopment. So, any, any revenues that come in go back into the club, uh, back into the community, um, and we continue to build for the future. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to see this club here for another sixty-five years. So. Um, Got a really, really good tradition, which we're all awfully proud of, and uh, yeah, it, it's a much loved club, and yeah, we'd like to uh, see the next generation of Stan Lazaridis uh, c- come through these fields. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. You're definitely on the right track, and yeah. great to see Stan getting, you know, giving something back to the game. So you know, we, we speak so often about you know losing some of these fantastic uh, uh, ambassadors uh, who who uh, played football on the big stages, you know, and and having these guys. Passing the message on to the kids is so invaluable, and uh, well done to Stan for being out there and giving the kids a, a little bit of a lesson. I know his commentary last night; he was definitely handing out some tips uh, on the. On the it was just f- brilliant last night on a box, wasn't he? He just <laughs> gave such a good um, assessment of the game. He did. Um, he did. Such a gentleman, though. Like we, we only called him on Monday morning yep. uh, and said, "You know, Stan, do you, do you mind popping down for a couple of hours on Saturday?" And you know, the response was. Yeah, yes, love, would love to. Yeah. Um, and, and watching him today with the kids, well, certainly one thing hasn't changed over the last 20 years is that, is that beautiful left foot of his. Oh, um, the yeah, sweetest left foot know, in WA. <laughs> yeah, just just curl a couple of uh, yeah, crosses in and then 
at the end, just as you called to see me, uh, signing all these all yeah. children and yeah. um, was was wonderful. The Q and A that he had with them at the start of the uh, session was enlightening. Um, and if he can inspire one other child today, then you know, the clinic has been a raging success. But to have over fifty kids here this morning for it um, within you know, a couple of days of promotion, uh, yeah, it was wonderful to see. And that's what you want to see. You want to see kids on the field. Um, playing soccer with a big smile and uh, their families um, here enjoying the other uh, morning with them. How's the green machine looking for this year in the state league, Stevie? Uh, are they going to be top four material? I won't lie. We'd, we'd, like, we'd like to be top one. So, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're always, always, yeah, always more with, yep. with where you'd like to be, but oh, we won't hide the ambition. We'd like to win, um, we'd like to win this season. So uh, the night series is always a really good day indication of you know, where, where you're at and what you need to improve in so um, we had a draw against Canning last week um, which we need to you know, improve on so we, we, we've got a fair bit of work still to do in the next six to eight weeks but no, we would be disappointed if we weren't challenging for the championship this year so we had a year in uh, League One last year where we competed well and finished in the top four um, naturally the progression you know, from the top four finishes now it's a challenge for the championship but anyone that's been in League One knows just how competitive it is. Um, it, it's a really, really good you know, league across the board. Um, and the M- MPL gets yeah, a lot of status, but um, you look at the way League One and League Two have run um, in, in the last few years. Yeah, you know, there's some exceptional players through there. There's some really big clubs with great tradition. Um, yeah, this, this year we you know, we've got some yeah a, a massive derby uh, up against Sterling. Um, oh, yeah. You talk about a rivalry that goes back 50 years. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the Western Knights are there. UWA always performing at, you know, a really high level. Um, Division One, you know, Fremantle City, uh, Ashfield, it just doesn't stop. You know, some really seasoned um, League One sides in there. Mandra's always a handful when you uh, head down the uh, freeway to play them on a Saturday night. So it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's a great league. Um, and it's always interesting, you know, chatting to people from, from the MPL and other clubs in League One and speaking about attendances and, how they're doing, and we get some exceptional crowds um, in League One. We get some really good uh, battles against mo- most of the teams. So, uh, yeah, we, we know it's going to be a difficult year, and you know, Gary Williams, our coach, has got a big job ahead of him. Um, so, yeah, we've got some uh, some work to do in the next two months to make sure we get off to a good start. Any big signings that uh, you want to let us know about, Stevie, or are you going to keep them up under the hat till the season starts? Oh, no, we don't. We don't, we don't hide too much here, Don. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we, we made some signings, yeah across the board so um, most, most of the boys have been involved in those games now so um, yeah we probably need to make, make a couple of adjustments to the side which we'll do over the next uh, you know, six weeks mm. round one but uh, no we'll, we'll try to be as balanced as we can across the board and um, I think that's what we've always done here at Kingsway make uh, a playing spot that's pretty even um, they enjoy playing together and represent the club really well can I just ask, uh, Steve, on the women's side of things, Northern Redbacks, what's the, what's the exactly is, is happening there? Because Northern Redbacks have got their own identity. They're a female-only club. How does that fit yep. into Kingsway Olympic? How does it fit in? Well, it's, it's, it's a partnership, so um, that will continue to grow year on year. Um, we've got to make sure that you know, we've got the right fit collectively and uh, we can accommodate each other. So. As, Last year it started with the Northern Redbacks training here on, on the Thursday night. Um, this year ex- extends to uh, their senior teams um, playing their home games here um, and, and also training. And we we'll just continue to build from there. So um, it's a 
it's a really good partnership where both uh, clubs know, you know what's expected and what we'd like of each other. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not any any more complicated than that. So uh, Tony and Tim have been fantastic, um, and it's something that we'll, we feel we'll, we'll build with, with time um, and at the right pace. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, certainly no takeover or anything like that. Uh, the Northern Redbacks, as you said, have got a great idea history, um, and they work alongside us, and uh, we can coach. Uh, enjoy both clubs being here. Okay, good. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's pretty yeah it's it's it's, it's pretty simple, un- uncomplicated, but uh, good partnership for us. So yeah. um, we're, we're delighted to have them on board. Yeah, provide yeah. some growth for Northern Redbacks from their their um, or the community area they've got there at Celebration Park. Yep, there's a good yeah, the great facility. Um, yeah, which no, no doubt is important to their their seniors. Um, you know, to the facilities that we've got, and uh, you know, access to the clubhouse. Um, so, yeah, it's it's wonderful to have them on board, and we want to be inclusive of team. Also, it's an area where I guess uh, for us as a soccer, uh, we've been pretty poor in, in, in attracting some females. Side the Northern Redbacks alongside us um, helps uh, some female participation on the soccer fields, um, which is great, um, and importantly for them. It gives them also a pretty good facility for their teams as well. Yeah. Good stuff, Steve. Uh, pass on our best wishes to uh, Stan the Man and uh, let him know that that goal was against Millwall t- no, some we'll... 22 years ago. It was no, a yeah. cracker. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah, in some ways, it's funny. It just feels like yesterday he, uh, he struck it so sweetly. Um, yeah. So it's been wonderful to have him here. And yeah, we thank everyone for their support. It's been great to see so many families down here. And even as I said, you know, the likes. Sean Kilkelly and Willie McNally and you know, John Moore, the president uh, mm. from back in the uh, the seventies, is, is floating around and still a big part of the club. So it's um, you know, that that's what um, you love to see is you know, generations of uh, fans and families from over the years um, still accessing and being part of the club. Yeah, good stuff, Steve. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, love your casual, cool, calm uh, attitude about everything, and I love what's happening up there. Great model. He's the the, the up and coming greatest president. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, and, Steve. I think the great Nick Pranus has got that sewn up, and, uh, <laughs> and, and rightly so. No, thank you. Good on you, Steve. And, uh, good luck to all the teams this year. Have a great day. See ya. Bye-bye. See you, Stevie. That was Steve Nielkowski, the president of Kingsway Olympic. Is it president of the Kingsway Olympic Sporting, Sporting Association? So yeah. the whole lot that happens there, he's the president Pretty of, not much. just the football part. He's Well, no, he's uh, – so Kingsway Olympic uh, looks after their yard. Uh, but they interact with all the other sporting groups that are located in the precinct. So, so th- th- they've got their little mapped out area turf, and they, um, it, well, basically um, integrate with the others um, by way of re- just relationships. So yeah, so they have like friendly. a uh, like a management group of some kind, like the Peel Regional Football. Yeah, and they all get together yeah. and work out ways that they can do events, put things on that are beneficial for all. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's good. Sounds it's good. Awesome. Like-minded people I want working one together. Yeah, <laughs> I think every every region needs it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have a yeah. space like that that we could all interact in the same space yeah. rather than here and there. And wow, okay, mm. uh, let's go to a break and come back and chat more football. This is Penn and Don and Miranda on the World Football Program, and we'll be back talking with Mari Glover. Hey, well. Eight bloody one! <laughs> 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 
to bring us for the team of old age pensioners. The centre forward wears glasses during the match. Eight goals. Four of them from back passes to the goalkeeper. Oh, they were the worst. Oh. oh. I'm sorry, love. listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. The World Football Programme is a community programme run by volunteers. Just like our host station, Radio Fremantle, applies for government grants and sponsorships from year to year to keep us on air. Your support by way of station membership or donation is greatly valued. Contact Radio Fremantle weekdays 94942100 for information on how to become a member or to donate to the station. Thanks for your support. Playing football. Is it discovering your passion? Or is it having fun with your mates? Is it celebrating greatness? Representing your country? Or is it the perfect play? Find out what playing football means to you. Register to play at myfootballclub.com.au Hi, I'm Rose, a junior trainee at Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. I am the fourth generation of our family business. Oswest Fencing is built on 50 years of experience, creating unique fencing and gates and servicing the West Australian community. Let us help you secure and refurbish your home or business with customised materials and automation made to laugh. Ring us on 9258 6822 to discuss your ideas or visit our online galleries at auswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Station Sponsor
make you feel like this. The Man Rays are Australia's women's Masters teams. They're about to jet off to Torino, Italy for the World Masters Games. Let's have a listen to Penny Tannehoth on how the ladies are preparing to do battle across the other side of the globe. We've been together since about January organising things. Everyone in the squad lives about three or four hours. Welcome back to the World Football Program. That was just a little bit of a, a taster from Football West TV 2013 when the women's Masters teams went over to, I think it was Italy, and we were called the Man Rays. Isn't that right, Mari? That's correct, 2015. Yes, so I, I pulled that one out of the archive um, and the Masters teams have been, I have to say, probably one of the most prolific state team representative teams in WA. Been going away now for maybe 20 years or so. Would that be right? Uh, the, so the first time they went away was 1984 to the World Masters in Brisbane. I think that's 25, 20, this will be the 26th year. Far out. And they came home with a bronze medal that year. And they've got, someone's got a lot of medals somewhere with Masters football, I reckon. I reckon if we had a football museum, there could be some nice Masters trophies and memorabilia put in that. What do you reckon? Oh, I'm definitely sure there should be, and there's probably quite a few flags from World Masters <laughs> around, around the world as well throwing it too. Why do they always get nicked? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some hanging over some balconies in Perth some places. So, uh, welcome to the show. We've got Mari Glover having a chat to us uh, direct from training uh, about Masters football, where it's going, what's happening this year. Mari, just to give us a little bit of an overview of what's happening right at this moment with Masters football. Like, where are you right now? So, just now I'm down at Rosalie Park and we've got probably 20 to 25 over 45 ladies uh, training and we've got probably about another 25 to 30 over 30 training. So, we've got nearly 55, 60 people down here this morning. Wow. Um, we're, yeah, so it's quite good, quite a good turnout for the first um, trials, I think we're calling it. Um, looking at, there's two upcoming Masters tournaments, or so probably three if we stretch it out for 18 months. Um, but this year we've got the Pan Pacific Masters Games in November in the Gold Coast, which uh, shortly after that we've got the World Masters in Japan, in Kansai next June. And then there is the Australian Masters Games that are in Perth next October. Ooh. Okay. So maybe we'll stretch it out to that. We haven't thought about that yet, but, um, yeah, I'm sure it will happen. Okay, so when you say next October, you don't mean 2020, you mean 2021? Yes, 2021. Okay. So there's that's a lot to remember. So there's a national uh, Masters that happens, and then there's a Pan Pacific Masters that happens. Both of those are in Australia, so one every... Yep. One year, one every two years. And then there's a World Games that happens every four years. And that's the one in Japan. And that, that yeah. is one of the three top participated events in the sporting environment in the world. It's massive. Yeah, there's actually more people attend the World Masters Games than there is the Olympics. Wow. And this year, so in um, 2017, it was held in New Zealand, in Auckland. And there was uh, 30,000 uh, competitors. Japan is aiming for 50,000 wow. yep. across all the sports. That's pretty incredible. That just shows the growth of uh, football and also in that age group. Uh, and we say for women it's 30 plus, isn't it? For guys, 35 plus. 
Yeah, so they do five-year increments in age groups. So 30 plus being the youngest age group. If we go to the World Masters, I think in the women's we go up to 65 plus. Um, so five-year increments on the way up, and you have to play in the age group of the youngest player in your team. Right. Okay. And you can play in multiple groups if you're that energetic, I believe. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty tough going. You have to be pretty good because you're normally... So you'll play a game every day, uh, probably like the reduced game time, so they're probably reduced to 60 minutes, but it's on a full field. You play every day for a week. Looking at the draw for the World Masters, there's more than likely we'll have two games a day. Because hmm. they're reducing it and splitting it over two weeks. So the younger age groups are one week and the older age groups are another week. So you have to have a pretty tough training regimen. <laughs> 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 It, it, it's tough going. I think um, New Zealand, I think we all got through because they had nice ice baths after the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was scary. There's no way you're getting me in an ice bath. No way. Mm. Ice yeah. cold drink after the game. No problemo there. So how about, uh, I mean, that's a lot of players to be getting together. How about uh, coaching and resources? How's that working? So we've um, currently got uh, four, possibly five coaches, depending on how many teams we um, end up taking away. So we've got um, uh, a few people that have come um, from a range of different clubs. Uh, some people are uh, coaching for many, many years. So we've got Fernandez from Mandura. Uh, we've got um, Graham Normanton's hopefully going to um, help us out if he recovers from his uh, back injury. Uh, we've got Robbie Glover, who's coached many years at Over East and at Subi. And um, I can't remember Tom's surname, but we've got Tom, who's a long-term coach and player down at Mandurah as well. Wonderful. And we know some of those names, don't we, Don? Mm, yeah, Norway? lots of uh, big names there. And uh, he's he's definitely good at passing the message on. Good good coach, old Graham. His, his daughter plays. Yeah. That, that's Jenny, yes. isn't it? Yep. Mm. Yes. I'm, I'm hoping she's going to put her hand up for the over 30. <laughs> there you go. It doesn't sound that old over 30, Murray. The older you get, the less older that 30 plus sounds. <laughs> yeah. So I think the oldest player we have down here today is probably um, 63. And the youngest, youngest is probably just turning 30. Jeez, there's still hope for me then, 63. Mm, like so th this is a big catchment area. Like I look at this as one of the biggest growth areas in women's football. In men's masters football has had a structured competition across Australia forever, and women's football here, well, here in Western Australia, there's no Masters Leagues. There's the seven-a-side summer competition, which I think is in October and November each year, mm. uh, and that's, that just runs for a short period, and it's either north or it's south. I think it's been mainly north the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, but Football West could jump in there. They could absolutely jump in there. I'm thinking, Murray, with about 50 players trialling, that's uh, how many teams that could be in a competition that's a revenue stream for the for Football West, um, it's a bit of promotion that's uh, probably more coaches, more role models. Um, that's uh, More healthy people. Oh, my God, yes, it is. It's, mm. it's more everything. I'm just yep. thinking, Football West, what are you doing? Come on, jump in there, jump <laughs> into that space. So are you having some conversation? So I, uh, I think that's a very good point, Penny. I mean, I look at the men's uh, over 45 league that started probably about, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago. And they started the first year with six teams. And now I think they've got two divisions of 12. Yep. Mm. So you just need to start it and it comes. Yes. I mean, I know of several players in the older age group that have stopped playing because running against 20-year-olds every week mm. is too hard. Yep. 
And that's a whole catchment area that you could keep. Mm. Still in the game, um, people that would be willing to probably help out and mentor others as well. But um, to keep those people playing and in the sport Mm. and keeping, I mean, the thing about health, I mean, you play sport, you you keep your health and your mind sort of alert. Mm. And it just saves a lot across the way. And I think we really should, I mean, I would really appreciate Football West start it and give it a trial. Mm. Yep. and get it going but let's run an 11 aside league let's run it centre or run it through clubs so they're playing at their own pitches travelling up to Karamar for a 6 aside competition in the summer is a little bit um, a bit far especially for players down in Mandurah mm. oh yeah um, down it's south be, of the river yeah. it's got to be central to be fair to all so yeah and there's some nice uh, soccer facilities going up around around the traps. There are Forest Field, yep. Mum FC on the on the turf there. Yep, uh, Kingsway S- Olympic, Dorian Gardens. Subi with Rosalie Park yep. has got lots of space there for you know, and and it's uh, I keep looking for central, you know. So it has, probably has to be grass, though, doesn't it, Murray? Mind you, a few of the World Masters games have been on uh, the AstroTurf in Italy and um, New Zealand. They're on the AstroTurf, and Japan will be a nasty Um yeah, so, I mean, preferably for when you've got older people playing, it's better playing on grass because it's easier on the knees. Yep. Uh, the AstroTurf could be quite tough on it. Um, but really, it's about getting people playing, and it's, mm. we're losing people from the sport. And, uh, like, I look at um, Subiaco, I can talk about playing at Subiaco. Um, we've probably got um, at least 20, if not maybe 25, um, over 40 players playing at the club. So there is definitely, you know, a, a big pool of players out there that are wanting to do something because you've got them there at your park today, and mm. uh, you know you might take four or five teams away to a competition at the Gold Coast and, and Japan, and that's just incredible. The, the, and I say today we have fifty-five here. We've actually got one hundred and twenty people expressing interest in the massive game. There you go. Oh, so the demand is there. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yep. my God, I'm just thinking of the logistics of organising that lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's not... A ch- I mean, like, we're trying to really put out there... I mean, it's for people to go to these tournaments, it's not cheap for them. They need to be able to get holidays from work. They need to be able to afford flights, accommodation, um, and the whole work. So we will be doing a lot of fundraising over the next um, 12 months, mm. um, especially aiming for the World Masters, but it's... Um, a lot of commitment people are prepared to put out and that's quite a bit of money that Football West could have for for registration fees. Absolutely, and also thinking about the Asian pathway too that we're developing with the younger side of the game, all the elite stream state teams, etc. I'm wondering how Masters football over age, over 30 age, is in the Asian areas. Do you know if there's like healthy Masters competitions in those areas, Murray? Um, There's not a lot across the Asian region at this point um they're a little bit um haven't done too much in that area i think they're starting to pick it up um the really the areas that really push masters is eastern states of australia is very big on it new yep. zealand's big on it canada and the u.s are massive on it england um, england not so much they don't really go for master sports they're all in team sports they're a little bit behind with that it tends to be a lot of the footballer ends up being um, pub teams or such like, so they tend to be open leagues. Um, so there is not as much. But in the um, the US and Canada, I played 
2018 in a tournament over in Canada, in the US, sorry. And there were age groups went up to 70 plus, both in men's and women. And there was probably, in every age group, I would have said probably about 10 teams. Uh, And it was highly competitive. Mm. I played in the over 40s that year and it was... um, some of the guys came over to watch our game and they thought they'd come to the wrong pitch because it was too fast, they thought. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you're, you're right about the competitions because in the Masters competitions that I've competed in, I, I can't remember any Asian teams at all. In fact, I can't remember even in Italy many European teams or any European teams. There was some no, from England, definitely Canada, uh, America and us, Australia. That's the hub of Masters football at the moment. Yeah, um, that, that's that's true. That's where it is. Mm. Um, they're really doing that. Um, we really probably need to push it a little bit more. Um, yep. to, uh, sorry, just got to kick a ball back. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let me give Murray a little bit of uh, friendly, uh, cheap advice. Our good friend Peter Simcox, who was on earlier, said that anyone who wants news or events promoted to send him info to peter at footballwa.net so when you need to do your fundraiser or get the word out there to the football community of events that you're going to be doing uh, in regards to this Murray um, I suggest you make contact with Peter and Penn will pass on the details yep and I'll certainly uh, promote it on the World Football Program page etc etc it's it's very exciting I think just uh, all the numbers and all the tours that you can go on and I think that's a, a lot of a lot of uh, people, a lot of uh, families, women and their kids are getting together to have a massive adventure, really. Sounds- yeah, so thank, thanks for that contact. I think it's a great it's a great atmosphere. And, I mean, I look at some of the players that are down here um, training. It's a really good event. And we've got some great relationships and friendships being created over the many years um, from what we've done. So it's, um, it's really good. We've just got to keep it going. Yes, and how can people get in contact if they want to be a part of the Masters Adventure? Okay, so we do have a Facebook page uh, that's called Pan Pacific and World Masters. But probably easier is to contact myself, Mary Glover, so um, you'll probably have to put that up on your site because yep. it's a bit funny. Okay. Um, so, uh, G at bigpond.com. Yep, I can and, do that. Um, or on my mobile. Yep. Okay. You know that um, you might get like three or four hundred people contacting you, right? The more people I have, the better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Could I comment? And that just shows that if there's that many people interested, then we should be getting a, a Masters League, Women's Masters League during the winter playing here. Totally. And if all the inquiries are going to you, you have all the leverage and advantage. So you can talk to Football West. You, you can have all the power. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good I'll one. pass it on to Sylvia Jenkins because she's really the she's really the good organizer. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've done well. Thank you very much for joining us today and sharing all that information. And I hope that uh, everyone stays injury free and enjoys themselves. And if you need any help, just let us know, and we'll put some information out here. Okay. Thanks a lot, Penny. And um, yeah, if anybody's interested in playing, just let us know. We'll do. Have fun. <laughs> Keep enjoying. Okay. See ya. Thanks, Murray. Thank Bye. Bye. That was Murray Glover telling us all about. Adventures in Masters football. Yeah, and that message that Pete sent uh, out is for all clubs out there. If you've got some football news or events happening and you want them promoted, uh, Football WA provide that free service. So get in touch with Pete. 
Yep, absolutely. And uh, just uh, it's not all just about women's football, by the way. The, mm. the, the men's side of the Masters uh, football is massive. Of course, besides the local competitions and the national competitions, um, yeah, they're always symbiotic. So if there's a national Masters, then a Pan Pacific, and then a world, it's men and women and 35 plus for the guys but it's, it's just a massive 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 uh, mm. organization mm. um the world masters games is just i mean i went to the one in italy and the one in new zealand and he's like going to the olympics or a <laughs> fifa world cup it's just the registration process and the amount of people and souvenirs and merchandising and the whole city kind of gears themselves up for it it's amazing yeah, yeah. i still remember um back when i was about 10 years old went down to watch my mate's dad play a Masters game. It was just a friendly and then it ended up subbing me on and I had a <laughs> men's shirt down onto my knees and I went on for about a minute, got a few touches on and then they subbed me off. <laughs> uh, you came off unscathed. That's, that's good. It. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm going to put uh, Mari's information up on the website if anyone is interested in that. Um, the Masters competitions, uh, I think, they're in about July for the Gold Coast. Um, I might research that a bit more before I put Murray's contact up, actually. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure the World Masters in about July as well. In fact, I think all the competitions, the National, the Pan Pacific and the World, they're all in about July. But uh, interesting that that one in 2021 is coming up in Perth. Mm. Yep. That's enticing. That is. Can get your boots on. I'm in the age bracket. <laughs> I'm in the age bracket. All right. Um, Women's Night Series draw. Yeah, yeah. Finally worked out how to get it on oh, the Footballers web page. Yeah, I'm not that slow after all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the it, it was in the news section on January 21st. Uh, thanks, Miranda, for giving us a tip there uh, earlier this year. The NPL WA Women's Night Series draw and uh, first round of fixtures is this Sunday, 9th of February, with um, Perth Soccer Club uh, in the big league playing against Subiaco Dorian Gardens, 5 p.m. Uh, Murdoch University mum playing on the uh, playing against the Northern Redbacks. It's a huge game yeah, at Ed- Edinburgh Oval, seven pm. Uh, that's Group A. Group B: Curtin Uni taking on Balcada uh, at Edinburgh Oval at five pm, and Fremantle City taking on Hyundai NTC. That should be a good game too at Dorian Gardens at seven pm. So that's the start of. Um, the night series for the ladies. Um, it is. Uh, now, Miranda's going to delve deeper into that because mm. uh, Miranda's our women's, girls and women's football correspondent. On the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you reckon is going to be the match of the round? Or matches of the round, yeah? Yeah. I think the one I'm most looking forward to is NTC versus Fremantle because I think the point of night series, especially in the women's side, is you've got the glory players still playing glory. So it's a chance for the team to showcase their youth and the players that might not get a shot during the NPL season. Yeah. Um, so Freeman or NTC obviously both have really young sides. Um, so I think that will be a really, really good matchup and especially with it being substitution this year, mm. not interchange, um, is a big change and I think that's a good chance for people to get some match fitness up before the league uh, starts in, yeah. in March. What's your thoughts on the whole idea of a women's NPL, then there's under 23, it's kind of like people saying reserves. reserves uh, yep. Yeah. Um, so there's 
been trials at different clubs, players shifting around to find out where they're going to land comfortably. Mm. Do you think that um, after the night series there'll be any more shift of players or do you think that everyone's pretty settled at this point? I think players are pretty settled, um, even the players within the Glory squad. Um, I think the big one is Queen's Park players, where they're going to go because obviously they've not have an NPL team this year, so a lot of them have split up into different clubs, um, which will even out the league, I think, as well. So, um, uh, big players going to some of the new teams, which will be good for the league, I think. So, a lot of the uh, Queen's Park players have landed at Mum FC, Melville. Mm, I'm just yeah. going to say Melville because it's easier. <laughs> and uh, Pete Rakic, the um, coach Queen's who is assistant, assistant coach yeah. to Ben Anton, who Ben's now at the NTC. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to have a chat to him on the show, I reckon, see how he's yeah. going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Pete's um, lobbed into Mum FC with uh, a majority of Queen's Park players. Yeah. So, um, it'll be interesting that um, there'll be a few other players com- coming around and, and in the environment there. So that they've landed at, at the turf and they'll be badged as Mum FC and um, they'll be playing against Northern Redbacks. So it might kind of be like Northern Redbacks playing against Queen's, Queen's Park. Park. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. But it'll be interesting when the season actually kicks in and the under-23s have to kick in as well mm. because um, there's still, well, at our club, there's de- definitely still movement of players from junior teams and other clubs mm. through the system to see where they're going to land. Yeah. Mm. Actually, I was interested to find out from you, Miranda, mm. you said two young teams. Now, what's young for you? <laughs> yeah. Well, NTC is obviously um, majority under-17s. Yep. Um, with a few older players because the, that's the team they'll take over to NTC Challenge July this year, but they keep a few older players on, mm-hmm. so 18, 19-year-olds for experience playing in the Women's League. Right. Um, and probably for the Fremantle, they've got a lot of ex-NTC players, mm-hmm. so players that have come out 18, 19, 20, yep. and then a few older players, so um, mid, late 20s. 20s, yeah, okay. Yeah, it gives me a broad brush, thank you. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, at the age of thirty, still at pretty peak footballing um, condition. Yep. But you can hop into the masters competition as well if you want. That's it. Yeah. There's room all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, can you see many of the under twenty three players getting games through the night series? Yeah, hundred percent. I know personally with NTC, there's a lot of players. Uh, so our 15s team plays in the under-23s. Uh, I know a lot of players will be stepping up in the night series to accommodate for those players that are still at glory. So that is a really go- good opportunity for those younger players, under-23s, to get game time in the big leagues. Yep. Yeah, I feel that maybe NTC might operate a little differently yeah. to other clubs where th- this will be a bit of a tester because, like you say, this uh, substitution is um, solid this year in the top tier. So you've got to really push for your spot. You've got to be in that that uh, you want to you want to be in that first eleven, um, and hundred percent of the time that's where you're going to be gunning for. Because if you're not in that first eleven, there's no interchange. Um, so you'll be awaiting your time. You'll be putting in the the yards and the commitment and the dedication at training to tell the coach that you want to be in that first eleven and earn that spot. Yeah. Mm. What's the latest on Perth Soccer Club? How have they recruited? Any idea? Know many players that are at Perth? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the girls I know have played um, youth football at Perth, so it's kind of like returning home almost for them. Um, And they've got uh, Danielle Brogan as a coach who um, was assistant coach at NTC, so she's drawn a lot of graduates that she's coaching her time as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, sounds promising. What about other clubs that our listeners might not be aware of? So Subiaco stepped up into the NPL space. Yeah. Um, and Curtin has stepped up into the NPL space. Mm-hmm. Any um, players, names, coaches that you can bandy around that uh, we should keep an eye out for? I know uh, Stacey Cable is going to Curtin Uni. She signed a contract with them because Curtin have been very open in the fact that they're playing their players. Yep. Um, so, yeah, she's got a goalkeeper for Perth Glory. is going over there. Um, that's the only real... Stacey... Cable. Yep. Yep. So she's goalkeeper, um, third goalkeeper for Glory. Been on the bench a few times. Um, yeah, so she's signed a contract with them for the, this season. Yep. Okay. Great. Uh, and uh, Daniel Brogan, who was former Matildas player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm actually unaware of her coaching before. So I don't know if she's got qualification, et cetera, et cetera, but I assume that, um, you know, in the Matilda's environment and in the football environment, she's upskilled herself to see herself in that position. Yeah. Uh, I've had really good experiences with her. She was um, assistant coach while I was at my first year in the 19s at NTC, um, and she's used to help me with my technique, especially with my feet, so including me into the uh, team sessions, which was really, really good for my development. Yes, good, good, mm. good. It's, it, it's always good to have um, role models out of um, the Matildas environment in clubs. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, but just having a think about who the female coaches are, and I think we touched on it um, before, is um, Danielle Brogan at Perth Soccer Club, Lisa Tana at Balcatta, and I think that might be it so far, but mm. um, Football West are pushing female coaching qualifications at the moment. Yeah. So if you want to hop on board and they have in the last few years provided free or very cheap coaching. yeah. Yep. uh, And coaching uh, education, I should say. So get in touch with Football West uh, on their website. They've been advertising the last week or so, footballwest.com.au if you're a female and you want to upskill in the area. Um, Obviously, the more that can upskill now, it takes a few years to go through your badges and levels and whatever else. So Mm. we want you to... Um, come in, enjoy the environment, and uh, as it grows, uh, be part of it. Yeah, we I've hope. Recently, started doing some coaching courses. So nice. Getting in young. Um, got my second part of my community goalkeeping course tomorrow, so that should be good. good. One. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. I don't know how you fit all that stuff in. It must <laughs> be because Dad drives you around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the chauffeur. Yeah. <laughs> That's what dads are good for. <laughs> we're going to go to a break and we're going to come back and chat with Daniel Garb from Fox Sports on uh, Matildas and Socceroos and anything else we haven't had a chat about to this point. This is Penn and Miranda and Don on the World Football Program. Back soon. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. Hi, and welcome to the World Football Program. 
The team are on the air for 2019 from February through to the end of November at their usual Saturday time of 10 till 12. Become a member of our Facebook group, join in the football chat, share your news and win prizes throughout the year. Thanks for tuning in to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Coaching football. Is it about leading your nation? Or giving back to your community? Is it about inspiring the next generation? Or just spending time together? Find out what coaching football means to you. Visit myfootballclub.com.au Welcome back to the World Football Programme. And you have myself, Penny Tanahoth, Don Evans and Miranda Templeman in the studio having a chat to Fox Sports' Daniel Garb. Good afternoon, Daniel. Hello to you all. Hello to you in, uh, in wonderful WA. I used to work at Radio Fremantle once upon a time, many years ago when I was a fair bit younger. It's uh, good to see that it's still going strong. I do like to hear things like that. I, I love that. Thank you. Call him one of our one of our um, rookies, you know. Yes. Garby, Garby cut his teeth here at Freo. Oh my god, I'm going to add that to the World Football Portfolio. Thank you, Daniel. Well, Penn was asking Penn was asking questions about what, what when you were in Perth. What did you do, Danny? Where did you cut your teeth? Where did you play football? And I said, I think it was with um, the Maccabee squad back in the day. But enlighten all, all the uh, listeners here where you got the love for the round ball. Yeah, WA McCarthy was my team. I was, oh, I think, five or six years old, and I played my first game uh, for them and played all the way through until seniors, till I was in my mid-20s and, and moved to Melbourne. So that was my team. Uh, many a year there, still uh, you know, have an interest in the club and how they're tracking, but uh, that is where my, uh, my love for football was certainly born. Brilliant, and uh, it's taken you all over the planet, and uh, your journey has been uh, nothing short of uh, inspirational and uh, very successful. You, the, the, I mean, where where have you gone that's just left the biggest mark on you as the big wow moment for you in football? Oh, I mean, too many. <laughs> when you start, I mean, look, obviously the Premier League as a whole, being there for five years and yeah. going to all the you know, incredible grounds like Anfield and Old Trafford and the Emirates and. The Eddie had and every which stadium. Um, obviously, that's just something you can't beat. But you know, World Cups, obviously incredible. Watching the Socceroos on a stage like that is just as good as it gets. But lucky enough, covering the Socceroos to go to places like Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan and Jordan and all of these countries you never imagined going to. Never mind watching football in. Um, so yeah, it's been an awesome ride. Very very fortunate. And, uh, yeah, that's what football does. It takes you to, to brilliant places around the world. It does, and you're also involved with the DT38 Foundation. Yeah, he's an ambassador, a very good one at that. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I mean, it's just, when I was in London, I obviously came across Dylan's story and covering Australians overseas and Australian news in Europe. That was obviously a, a massive story for all the wrong reasons, but because of that, I got to know Dylan's family very well, and... Um, Trace is just a wonderful person, mm. and uh, and so is Jim and, and Taylor, Dylan's brother, and I just got to see firsthand, I guess, uh, the impact of something like that and how much it affects the family. 
personally, I've never gone through anything like that where someone so close to you is taken from you in those circumstances. Mm. And to watch it happen to a family was really difficult. Um, but at the same time, really enjoyed telling their story and trying to help the foundation and help them preserve Dylan's legacy. And then, you know, ensuring that Australian football remembers him because, you know, sometimes we are not as good as mark- at marking our uh, history, if you like, in Australian football and remembering the people we should. And, you know, whenever someone's taken at that age, it is horrific. But, you know, when when they've got the potential to be a, a megastar like Dylan would have been, mm-hmm. it hurts that little bit more for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, the family more, more than anyone else, but Australian football too. So mm-hmm. it's important that we remember his name and remember the story so that the youngsters coming through know how lucky they are, mm-hmm. know how lucky they are to play top-level football because... Dylan would have done that, but it was taken away from him, unfortunately. Yep. And, yeah, that's why the foundation has an important place in the game. It's interesting what you're saying about uh, we should mem- remember things a little better we, and there should be more um, that out there that we can refer to. I, I totally relate to that. Um, just uh, yesterday I went to a funeral with a local Southwest football historian, uh, Ron Moss, and he's one of a... Uh, very few, Daniel. He would record everything uh, on paper, in books, video, everything from kids' games to senior games. And at the funeral, we were saying yesterday that there's who else will do that? Like, who will record the history of our game? And uh, I know Simon Hill's a big advocate of recording the history of our game, and I'm on the Hall of Fame over here, so we do that. But if you think, like Don here and young Miranda, we're trying to find fixtures for things on our local Football West uh, website page, and it was a, it was a little bit of a minefield. So it's the, the places aren't always easy to get the right information and what you need at the time. And I think we've still got a long way to go in connecting those dots in football. Mm. And maybe it's because we're a big country or because we don't have enough money or I have no idea. But, mm. like, we do – there's a lot of growth in a lot of areas to be had in our game. Yeah, most certainly. And uh, sometimes it just takes passionate individuals to do it. But yep. you know, there should be a bit more direction from the top. I think it's proving in that regard at the FFA mm. in terms of marking our history and uniting – the NSL with the A-League era in terms of records, that has been done, and so it should be. Um, yeah, it's just the way it is, but most people who do make an effort to to keep those records of everything, um, be it in the individual states or, or across the country, uh, that just has a huge impact. We should be very thankful for them. Yeah, yeah. I call them national treasures, all these people, uh-huh. because they just, uh, they, they, the history that they keep and the memories that they are able to unfold for future generations, um, you know, will will be inspirational in growing the game. But, um, Daniel, there's just so much going on with our g- uh, game at the moment. Uh, some talk there of, um, you know, trying to improve um, h- how the game's run in Australia with uh, 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 the FFA purge on player payments, uh, saying that slash kids' fees and uh, that would make it better and all this sort of stuff it's we, we've just got a real big um uh, what, what do you want to call it we've just got this wild wildebeest just growing mm-hmm. and we're trying to harness it now and see what model works i mean and and people are saying don't pay uh senior players uh put the money towards the kids and and i look at it and i go having run a, cl- a club and, and knowing what it takes to keep a club uh, attractive for young kids to want to play at you've got to pay players you can't say that you know uh, these guys are just going to do it for love and for free when they've got a job that uh, the football is taking away from their job which is their 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 food on the table uh, if you don't pay these guys they're going to we'll lose them to the game yeah 
Uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation because, well, I understand why clubs need to pay certain players in order to maintain their status and the prestige of the club. And also, in, in term, I don't know what the setup is in WA, but I know that in New South Wales, your junior club leagues are dependent on where your senior club is. So if your senior club's Division 1, well, then your junior clubs play Division 1. And so they have to pay the senior players in order to make the club attractive for the, the top-level juniors when they get to under 15, 16, etc., and start taking football more seriously. They want to play in the top leagues. But the system, for me, there's something wrong with that because you can't be punishing the parents and making the parents pay Mm. to supplement the wage of top-level players in the state leagues. Mm. Because ultimately, all you're doing then is losing kids to the sport full stop. Yep. Football's benefit, football's um, competitive advantage over so many other sports mm. is that it should be cheap to play. It should be. That's the, the advantage of football. You've got a ball, you can have a game with two people or with 50 people. Mm. You put a couple of goals in, doesn't matter how big the field is, and that's how football is designed, and that's why it's so big in South America and in Africa, because you can play without any resources. Now, obviously, it costs something to play. No one's saying it should be free. But charging kids two and a half grand, and then parents say, well, I can't afford it, you're not playing the game, I'm going to take you to go play Auskick for 50 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to have a big problem, because all these um, participation rate numbers that we, we love to, to boast about, mm. well, that'll start dwindling. It will. These, these financials up. So I don't know how you solve it because it's a double-edged sword situation. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe the junior clubs don't follow the senior clubs. So the senior mm. clubs in Division One, the junior club, it doesn't matter. I yeah. know when I was young, yep. we weren't dependent on the senior club. No. I mean, if we did well, we got promoted our junior team. If we didn't, we got relegated. Yep. And that was it. It didn't matter what the senior clubs were. Yep. Um, so maybe that's the way to solve it. Well, that's how it is in WA, isn't it, Don? To a degree, yeah. yeah. I think South Wales is different. To a degree, yeah. It's. Mm. It, I mean, it used to be where the clubs that were good at junior development always did junior development and focused on that, and the kids that they uh, handpicked for their senior squad, like Perth Soccer Club, for example, use them as the benchmark because they have always developed young kids very well, and they've always had strong teams with uh, a, a, a mixture of their local talent plus imports who, who uh, uh, come in and, and teach these kids to be professionals. So that was... What, what you'd call the perfect mix here in Perth. Um, now, now you've got clubs being forced to become junior development clubs and they're not that good at it. And so what we're getting is a lot of clubs doing, uh, trying to be a Perth and charging the same rate but not getting the same results and lots of disappointment. Mm. So you've got, you know, you've got that sort of dropout. Now I'm just reading in this article where it said that it's estimated up to $50 million is held in cash reserves nationwide by the sanctioning bodies without any relief on parents who even at the levels below the NPL are compelled to pay around $350 annually in registration costs per child and up to 1500 in the officially sanctioned SAP program for 9s to 13s. So for, for me, I see that pool of funds there and I say, why aren't you um, using that pool of funds to help special uh, cases out? Like when, when uh, a family can demonstrate that they are struggling financially, they want their kid to play, there should be a process where those families can tap in and get a part of that funding. That's 142,857 kids, mm. that money. Yeah. But who's got that money? Who's got that money? I want to know who's got that money. Uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be spread out, uh, you know, in a lot of different areas. I reckon. Well, it says nationwide, it's estimated up to fifty million dollars held in cash reserves. 
by the sanctioning bodies. Mm, so like football the West, state bodies. yeah, football West, football South Australia, football Victoria, football New South Wales. So in their coffers for registration and fees that our clubs are paying and our parents are forced to pay. That's how much dollars they've collected, and it's sitting in reserve. Mm. Use that money is what I'm saying. So, so how the Auskick or AFL might work is that they get um, their clinics and the programs and their role models out there. They come and kick a ball and they charge their nominal 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I suppose they must have a, a, like a competition. They have to be registered with their insurance and so on and so on, surely. Yep. Um, 50 bucks doesn't seem a, like a whole lot to, to cover costs. So it's being compensated for by the main body. They would throw the extra money in. Well, they get bigger crowds. They got got more marketing, they got more revenue coming in. So a- a- AFL is this monster of a conglomerate machine that has got the has cornered the market for for sport here in, in this country. Agree, Daniel? Are we still? Yeah, it's, um, they do, and they can do things in certain ways, and and they can start up competitions at the drop of a hat because they have got so much money, basically. So. Yeah. But football's still got the numbers. They've still got the junior participation numbers over over these sports. They just can't afford to, to price kids out of the market. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just... Yeah. You're shitting yourself in the foot, foot there as, as much as anything. So they need to find a way. And I know it is a, um, I know it is a certain uh, serious matter for the FFA and the new board and the new CEO to address the price of the football. And, and they need to get to the bottom of it and, uh, and put some restrictions in place, I think, on how much you can charge kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. And make it affordable for for families. But um, on on two other big notes, uh, our Socceroos and our Matildas are in full swing, Danny. And uh, the Matildas kicked it off quite nicely against uh, Chinese Taipei with a seven uh, nil. Um, call it um, yeah. Boost. They should have, they should get through this group quite easily. That shouldn't yeah. be a worry for them. Yep. The playoff stages next coming up for them uh, could be test could be tricky. So for those who don't know how it works. You finish top two in this group, and then you go into a playoff in March, basically a home and away game with the the teams from the other group. So it's important they finish top of the group because if they finish second, they could well play South Korea, which makes it a very difficult home and away playoff to make the Olympics. If they finish top, they should have an easy enough draw to make it. So the way they've started, uh, that should be okay for them. But China will be the tricky game, and I think they're just preparing for that one and making sure Sammy Kerr is fit for that one so they can win that game and get an easier playoff in March to, to make it through to Tokyo. Mm, yeah, we've got a friendly coming up in April. So is it March the next round of the Olympic qualifiers are? Is that what yeah, I think the playoffs in March. So yeah. it's about getting ready for that for them now. Yeah. Okay. And how are our Socceroos looking? Uh, what's your assessment on the way our squad's uh, coming together and, and how we're... Mr. Arnold's uh, coping with with the pressures. Yeah, they're doing well. They, um, I mean, obviously, haven't had a game for a while, but the Ollie Roos, I think, you know, their success in qualifying for the Olympics will will give a bit of a boost to the the Socceroos, and they've got a massive year coming up with the Copper America and the Olympics as well, and there'll be Socceroos players involved in that. So the next game is actually in Perth, uh, March twenty sixth, I think, and they take on uh, Kuwait, I think, at yes, uh, yes. HBS Park. So. Yep. That's, uh, again, they should win again. They're cruising through this first phase of qualifying, and I imagine they will uh, win that game comfortably as well. But nice for Perth to get another Socceroos game. They, they do a good job of taking the game around the country in the first phase of qualifiers, where the, the crowds are a bit smaller. So good opportunity for Perth to step out and, and check out the Socceroos, and I think they'll have a pretty strong team in because Graham Arnold wants to make sure they qualify as quickly as possible out of this first phase and win the group, and then he can rest some players and... Uh, 
and give them some time off before the Copper America and the Olympics. I still remember Ange giving our our uh, HBF Arena surface the uh, big thumbs up and saying one of the best playing surfaces uh, he's had the pleasure of um, having a soccerer's team on. So that was a big wrap for the park. Yeah, it is. It's always a good ground. So uh, I'm sure they'll set it up nicely for the, uh, the Socceroos this time around. So Perth should get out and support them. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Agree. It is, an, it is a nice pitch. There should be more of our W League games played there. Not in the middle of the day when it's <laughs> damn hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, W League games, speaking of, Penn. Yep. Do you want to go through those? Uh, I don't have the fixes right in front I, of me, but yes, you I've, can give I've those got to me. Sydney and Western Sydney. Uh, uh, sorry. Yes, Sydney and Western Sydney coming up on the 15th. So the, the next fixtures are 15th of Feb. So yep. it's next weekend. Yep. And then uh, uh, Sunday we've got Perth Glory taking on Brisbane Raw and Canberra United taking on Adelaide United and Melbourne Victory taking on Melbourne City. Yep, and Melbourne City is sitting on top of the table at the moment. Yeah, they're looking pretty up there with 25 points and Western Sydney on 19, Sydney on 19, Victory on 17 and our Glory down down there on five. But uh, it's been a learning year this year, I think, for them. Yeah. Without but, Sammy. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, to see Bonds is... Um, yeah, had, had a little bit of uh, time out from um, coaching football last year. Stepped back into the glory again. I'm not sure she stepped back into the NTC at all, Miranda. No, no? okay. So, um, yeah, the, there's a bit of a disconnect there maybe between NTC and Perth Glory at the moment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perth was always uh, – sorry, Jess was always a good one for um, you know, coaching in, in the whole football environment mm-hmm. and identifying players and so on. So, yeah, I wonder how um, – Bobby's going to go in his role there in the next 12 months. Um, we need to maybe jig a few things for Perth Glory on the women's That's league it. side of things. Bobby, Bobby needs a little bit of a hand now, I think. Get some extra, you know, some good quality stock to replace what he's lost. He's, mm. Yeah, But uh, Perth Glory last night looked very impressive uh, without Castro again. Uh, Danny, how did you see the game? Even though Wellington put up a real, real uh, fight, they didn't say die. They're 3-0 down and they came back and uh, gave the Glory a bit of a scare there. Yeah, it was great. Good win, really good win. And Nick D'Agostino's a great story. Fantastic. The Oilers scoring three goals in two games. Yeah. Just brilliant. So that's making up for the, the horrible loss of Chris Economides. That's a big blow. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the glory of flying, unbeaten in their last nine now, I think. And uh, just looking clear, far and away, along with Melbourne City, uh, the serious challenger to, to Sydney FC. So it's, uh, it's a really good campaign, building on what they did last year, winning the Premier's plate. They won't win that, but who knows? Maybe they'll go one better. Grand final time. How do you reckon they're going to go in the uh, Asian Champions League? Do you think they've got enough depth to, to actually get through and qualify? I'm not sure about that, but I think the, the proximity to Asia will help. Less travel, and uh, I think they'll go well. Tony Popovich knows about setting up in Asia, and they've got players like Bruno Fornaroli who are performing so well right now, and, and enough depth. So I think they'll be competitive in terms of getting out of their group, and, and hopefully they can. Injury-free. Need them to be injury-free. <laughs> Tough gig, that one. Injury-free is not part and parcel of playing competitive football. Yeah. You, you get you get your damage along the way. But um, for me, th- I think uh, the, the team winning without Castro is a, is a good sign. Yeah. Um, and then knowing that when he comes in, and, and like we said with D'Agostino, he's just a breath of fresh air. He's he's a kid that's just come in and he's he's champing at the bit. It's like he, he can't get enough football, which is great. 
and uh, that's encouraging for all young boys out there who are wanting to be the next Nick D'Agostino. He's um, wasn't known for scoring goals, and here we go. He's um, he scored three in two games, so may he continue to do so. Mm. But um, the rest of the games this weekend, Daniel, what's uh, the Sydney games being called off, the big derby, due to the weather over there? Yeah. The Sydney derby called off is uh, obviously a big blow. Mm. Um, everyone was waiting for that one, but the deluge in Sydney is just over the top, so that's the way it goes, I guess. But uh, the F3 derby will be interesting. Newcastle naming their new coach, Carl Robinson, coming in. So that should make that one an interesting game, even though it is bottom against second bottom. But a real shame the Sydney derby is postponed, but... Uh, that's the way it, uh, it goes, unfortunately. Uh, Donnie, I've got to leave you, mate. Yeah, no, it's I'm been fantastic. No, no, all I've good. I've stepped out of the lunch, so I've got, to, I've got to get back in there. I'm going to get roasted, I think. <laughs> no worries at all. No, it's been a pleasure having you on the on the show, Danny, and uh, keep doing what you do so well. Good on you, mate. We're uh, proud of you. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, happy to join you. Penny, thanks so much. Thanks, Daniel. Have a great day. Thank you very Bye. much. All the best for the Radio Frio crew. Thanks for Thank listening. Thank you. Updating the cricket scores many years ago. That was my role, basically. You're a le- legend, Garvey. We love you over here. Good on you, mate. Thanks so much. See ya. See you, See you pal. He could have left the cricket part out. That just <laughs> exploded my balloon there. Oh, well, that, that's when he had his trailer wheels on, so he's you know lost them, and now he's just a football legend. Yeah, yeah. He's a good Rob, lad, Danny. Rob Scott, who I think is with Channel mm. 9 now, yeah. he started off as a young media recruit here. Yep. And he was on the World Football Program. Um, I think he's South African from memory. But uh, he's he's working full-time with the, uh, one of the major networks now. So there's a few from, people that have come There through. you go, Miranda. You could, yeah. you know, another career coming for you. <laughs> Football and, and media. Uh, by the time uh, Miranda gets to be a fully-fledged football-playing adult, she'll be on a very lucrative contract. <laughs> and then we'll have her telephone number. No one else will have it. We'll have it. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Yeah, just like Sammy Kerr, you know, like we've got her on tap whenever we need her. Yeah, right. Yeah, wish it had worked that way. Actually, I was chatting to someone um, over the weekend about um, pioneering footballers mm. and how uh, now you can move into that fully professional footballing space and um, just like people 20 or 30 years ago, <clears throat> you can be into the fully professional footballing space in your head, but it does or it does not equal getting paid and expectations. Mm. But um, there's a lot of pioneers out there that have um, gone through, like Cheryl Salisbury is one of them, mm. um, who played through just being passionate, mm. um, starting and getting the profile of football happening. Mm. And um, now there's people doing exactly that same thing, but they're getting paid. Yep. Mm. So like yeah. pi- pioneering Footballing pioneers, they yep. are. They sacrificed, uh, you know, their let's just say um, their families because they were giving their time and not getting paid, and yeah. that's all, all for future generations. But let's not forget yeah. they did it because they loved it. Like I did it because I loved it. It wouldn't change a thing. Well, maybe I would change a few things, but um, yeah. a lot of the things like the passion part and the adventuring and the touring and the meeting wonderful people, playing yeah. football all over the world is, is an incredible yeah. experience. Uh, it's the friendships you make in football that, that money can't buy. It's mm. fantastic. So yeah, however. I do have to say that when you're paid a million dollars a year as a <laughs> footballing professional, um, there's no more sacrifice anymore, okay? It's mm. over. Yes. You're doing it because you love it and you're getting paid a, a good amount of money, all right? Yep. When you're a volunteer and you're doing it, then there's sacrifice. There is. Yeah. Big time. Now, the other games in the A-League are uh, Brisbane Roar and Adelaide United. That's today at 4.30pm and uh, tomorrow Newcastle Jets and Central Coast Mariners, which is the battle for the wooden spoon. Yep. Um, can, can I just uh, flick over quickly uh, mm. uh, the Matildas um, qualifying games? Mm. Um, 
I've been impressed with um, Van Egmond. Mm. She's yeah, she's uh, blossomed. Yeah, yeah, she has. Mm. Yes, mm. I found her very inconsistent at times. Yep. But she's become very consistent. In her consistency, man, it's making the team tick over nicely. Mm. Yeah, no, she's doing some uh, like really exciting stuff. You know, uh, just attacking, opening up play, oh, di- vision, ball distribution with, with the ball. Yeah, oh the, my god, brilliant. Good stuff. Good to watch. Yeah, it is good. The Matildas, I'm liking how they're playing at the moment. So, um, yeah, the coach is doing a wonderful job in the mix of players that he's bringing through. Yep. So um, I'm I'm liking watching the games on Fox. I'm not sure if they're anywhere else. They're on the Westfield Matildas website if you can catch it, and then it's probably landing on YouTube. But Fox are doing all right in covering the games. Thanks, Fox. Yeah, good work Mm. by Fox. Yes. Anything else we have to squeeze in, guys? No, I think we've covered the world of football today pretty well. I think we did. Pre- pretty well. Night, um, night series games left, right and centre. The women's night series kicking in tomorrow night. Yep. W League, A League, yep. uh, Glory. EPL with Liverpool just marching on. I mean, you know, I know a whole lot of um, Scousers and Liverpoolians out there that are just <laughs> can't wipe the smiles off their faces. And I keep saying, I'm just, you know, you put the silverware's already in your cabinet. You know, don't have no fear. And they're saying, stop trying to put the mock on us. And I go, you've just got the best coach in the world. Mm. He's not going to drop the ball now. He's brilliant, Klopp. What's the table looking like in the EPL, do you know? Uh, like, they're about a million miles ahead of Are everybody they? else. You okay. know, Man City's there, but um, Randy, you're quicker than me. Come on, I, <laughs> get I, it up. I have to admit, I have not watched <laughs> an EPL game since it left Fox. Really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah Optus is sort of... Um, I, look, they were pretty average when they first got it, and they've picked up their game so mm. if you got the stream it's it's pretty good yeah, yeah. yeah. so liverpool 22 points clear Far 22 out. points clear so they only i think the next six games will be like they've just got to get points out of them and it's yeah. all over yeah how many games six games left no no, no. they only need six games okay. it's probably about <laughs> another they finish in may eight, or something don't they yeah. yeah they've only played 25 games there you go so i think there's Incredible. Uh, what is it? Uh, Twenty-four teams. Uh, Twenty teams. Twenty teams. So they're thirty-eight. Yeah. 38. Who's your team, Miranda? Tottenham Hotspur. So. <laughs> well, you're safe. West Ham's looking real dodgy at the moment. <laughs> my my guys are looking like going under, but. Um, uh, we're praying for a miracle. We've got Mr Moyes there trying to dig us out of the hole. Don't know. I think Sean and me are going to be um, you know, crying in our soup at the end of this year. <laughs> I wonder how the space of EPL and Women's Super League in England is going to change in the next couple of years in terms of profile and attendances and how the cl- the men and the women's sides are going to connect well, them. I mean, the quality of the games are fairly decent, like, you know, watching them. Yep. So it's not like, it's you know, yes, EPL's like, you know, out in the stratosphere, but mm. the the quality of these games is that, that I've watched been very entertaining, really good. Yep, and I'll get, they'll get crowds. Yep. yep, and there'll be younger players come through here into the W W League, filling the spaces left by the. That's it, and want to be the next Sammy signing yep. up a big contract over there. So a- absolutely, good. yeah, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been fun. Mm. Good on you, Don. Good on you, Miranda, and listeners. Thank you very much. You can log on to Radio Fremantle's website and listen to the archive until we get that podcast set up. We'll keep talking about it. Uh, Sean is in next week with his team, and uh, we'll my fellow hammer. We'll <laughs> rotate away with our big group of uh, world football team members. Lennon Bags Groove is up next. This is Pen Don and Miranda signing out for today. Enjoy your footballing weekend. <laughs>